From somewhere in Northeast Indiana, Mike Davidson lives. And now your host of the podcast, Mike Davidson. Well, yes, thank you very much, Mr. Rob Root. Mike, here's Mike Davidson lives. Thanks for joining me for this go-round. Uh, just, uh, just before I got up here to record, found out uh, that 90s rap icon Coolio passed away today at the age of 59. I guess uh, he... I think he was over at a friend's house. He has to use the bathroom, and they found him unresponsive. But uh, the dude was behind Gangster Paradise, uh, which was in Dangerous Minds. Big movie, big song for him. Fantastic Voyage. He did the theme song for uh, Keenan and Kel, the uh, the variety show on uh, Nickelodeon. So, I mean, he had he had some songs, man. People remember him, and uh, he's getting tributes from everyone like MC Hammer, Ice Cube, uh, Weird Al Yankovic, who did Amish Paradise making fun a little bit out of a gangster paradise, or at least using that as the uh, template to make fun of the Amish, but uh, Coolio dead at the age of 59. Bummer. Uh, some bigger, better news. Um, well, this is still a scary situation down in Florida. Hurricane Ian is uh, plowing into the state. Uh, they've had record surges, uh, six to seven feet, some of the coastal areas along the Gulf Coast, but uh, checked in with my sister's. Kelly's doing fine. She's working from home. Her, uh, my, our other sister Tracy's passed out on the couch. I think Kelly's husband is also passed out. They're doing well. They're safe. They're sound. Uh, they just live north of Tampa. The storm's going south of there. Uh, but still a very scary situation. And I do have other family and friends that live down there. Hopefully you guys are doing okay. And uh, just, just stay as safe as you can. Don't take any unnecessary risks. I... Um, I kind of did a dumb thing last night. Uh, back this up a couple days ago. Uh, we have neighbors who are gardeners, and uh, David, David and Kelly, David uh, gave uh, us some of the veggies that they were growing in their garden, and there's some tomatoes, some jalapenos, which uh, I did use a jalapeno tonight on some uh, fish sandwiches I was making. Pretty good. Uh, but also habaneros. And I made the mistake last night coming home from work, making a sandwich, going, I'll just put a couple of these on here, right? I couldn't finish the sandwich. I was in pain. And and keep in mind, I'm taking like uh, antacid and heartburn medication, so a lot of that was numbed a bit. But uh, my mouth was on fire. I I could only finish 75% of the sandwich. The rest went in the trash. But here's, here's how much of a glutton I am. I was so ashamed of myself that I couldn't finish the sandwich. Once everything died down uh, with my mouth and everything, I went and made another sandwich without the peppers. (laughs) So I had almost two sandwiches last night. And and I wonder why I've got a little bit of a gut. It's it's amazing, isn't it? A guy that's known for hot sauce, he does the Frank's, uh, at least he did last year, the Frank's hot sauce stuff. Uh, Eli Manning, you remember when he was playing... And we all thought he was brain dead just because of the way he would look on the sidelines of the Giants were losing a big game. And he just had a rough game. And he would always have that dazed look on his face. And you're like, well, are we sure he's... Is he okay? I mean, the dude did beat Brady twice in a Super Bowl, which ain't a small feat. But, you know, during the the rest of his career, you're kind of like, is, are the lights on? Is anybody home up there? Who knew this guy was a tremendous shit talker? Uh, you know, when I was talking about, as I was recording the uh, the last episode, uh, during the second half of the uh, 49ers-Broncos game, I guess 
I mean, just the score didn't change much when it came back downstairs, but it was such a slog. It was so bad, so many punts, and uh, Russell Wilson still not looking his best. Uh, the following night, the Giants-Cowboys game for the Manning cast, uh, uh, Peyton and Eli got talking, and they were talking about uh, Russell Wilson's big contract. <laughs> and Eli says, yeah, maybe they should give the $200-plus dollars to the kicker. And, man, I'm just telling you, that was that was some serious heat. That's uh, Michael Jordan-esque right there, talking shit. And I guess Eli's just full of things like that. But, uh, yeah, <laughs> that was a terrible game to watch. Uh, hopefully the... Uh, uh, the uh, the uh, Bucks and the Chiefs game is going to be a little better coming up this coming Sunday night. More on that a bit. I do want to uh, let everybody know that, speaking of the Mannings, Peyton Manning is helping to kill the Pro Bowl finally. Um, I guess his production team is getting uh, involved with the uh, NFL. And I guess in the week leading up into the Super Bowl, instead of having the Pro Bowl, they're going to have like skill competitions, right? And then they'll have a big flag football game which essentially the pro bowl was anyway except without the uh, the flags and I, I you know just got to get rid of it because i mean people i think it's an honor to get voted to an all-star game by your peers and by fans and you know sports journalists but how many guys that deserved the honor first or second string for that matter went to the damn game you were getting like um the uh, the alternates you're getting a third fourth and fifth stringers for the Pro Bowl going to this thing, and it's kind of watered down and you're not playing for much anyway. the The only big play I can remember ever seeing in the Pro Bowl was when the, the the late Sean Taylor actually crushed somebody. And if you watch this with the Japanese announcers on YouTube, it is fantastic. Uh, but they had to get rid of that, and you know it makes you wonder about these stupid things because they're it's just exhibition it's just goofing off um i mean i know some people do dig major league baseball's all-star game i used to as a kid uh some people actually find the nba all-star weekend pretty fun and nhl but it's just uh you know there's not much of a point to these games and the nfl i think is taking the step in the right direction to get rid of it finally makes you wonder what they're going to do with the pro bowl the actual football field uh, over there in hawaii you got to think that's going to take a hit in tourism, right? Hawaii, I mean, if there's no Pro Bowl, what the hell else is there to do over there in paradise, right? All right, now getting back to uh, kind of the uh, the Chiefs and uh, the uh, the Buccaneers game coming up, Sunday Night Football on NBC. Uh, of course, uh, Patrick Mahomes is pretty much the now of the league. I mean, you'd say he's the future, but he's already put in like about four or five years. Um, you know, he's been to two Super Bowls. He's hoisted a Lombardi once. Chances are he'll do it again. Uh, he's going head-to-head with Tom Brady, who, of course, uh, is has had a legendary career. And so NBC, to promote this, uh, decided to have Beck, who's one of my favorite performers, uh, cover Old Man, uh, Neil Young's song. And, uh, by the way, it is... Uh, it is available on Spotify, and I listened to this thing a couple times all the way through, and it's uh, it's fantastic. But uh, they used it in the promo for the upcoming game, and Neil Young not too happy about it. He's like, you know, because I guess Neil Young's got this whole thing about commercialism, and you know how it's uh, it's wrong for an artist's work to be used in things like commercials and TV prom- promos and all that stuff, and. Of course, he had the big tiff with Spotify, had basically his entire catalog removed 
uh, all of his songs removed from Spotify. He asked them to drop it, and they did. Um, you know, that's his right, but he also sold his catalog, I think, uh, at least a good chunk of it to a company. And it's like, you can't really gripe about that sort of thing if you decided to cash in on your stuff not too long ago. And you say, okay, you guys have at it. You guys do what you want with my songs. Uh, you know, if they're looking away for a way to make money off of it, they're going to. Um, and so they did. And, you know, I always find it kind of odd at least in my older years, because when you're a teenager and you're getting into music and, uh, you know, artists talking about their work, their, you know, the, how they're not corporate, they don't want to be corporate. And you're like, yeah, but you don't realize that a lot of those songs were getting played on radio stations owned by corporations and that the albums were being put out by corporations and Neil Young, not, not so different in that regard. Uh, but yeah, if you want to give uh, Beck's spin, uh, Beck's take of Old Man a spin on Spotify, you can. Or if it's streaming elsewhere, that's fine as well. Um, yeah, I noticed that they don't have the. He's basically just doing an acoustic cover of it, just him singing, playing guitar, nothing else behind him, no, uh, no other guitar tracks looped behind him. So it's not as involved as the original, but it does sound pretty good. All right. Uh, I gotta do a better job of prepping for my show. And I'll explain. Like, I always have, like, for every podcast, three or four different things floating in the back of my skull when it comes to prepping, right? And uh, this one's been floating around in my head for, like, you know, at least uh, the past two episodes, but I haven't gotten around to it. Uh, so I finally had to type this out. So if the story sounds old, that's fine. Uh, that's on me. But uh, Kanye was not too long ago. I mean, he's got this, um, I guess out in California, this uh, this school, you know, that he's uh, putting big bucks into. And for all the dumb things he says and does, okay, good on him for doing this. But uh, kind of hypocritical. A lot of people were like lashing out at him. Well, I don't know about lashing, but they were pretty much taking him to task for what he said in a, a podcast recently where he said he didn't like to read because it's like Brussels sprouts. And so, of course, uh, other rappers, other artists, journalists, LeVar Burton of Reading Rainbow fame, uh, yeah, they kind of dogpiled on him for that. And as somebody who reads pretty regularly, not just comic books, I might add, uh, somebody who likes to read, I, I just kind of shake my head and I'm like, dude, how, how is this even possible that you don't like to read? Wasn't your mom a college professor? Isn't there, isn't there some sort of uh, love for literature in your soul? But it got me to thinking. He's partially right on this. Because you know, he, he uh, again, compared reading to reading Brussels sprouts. And he thinks it's yucky. When you get to be an age like me, when you can actually sit down, choose the book you want to read, and read it whenever, however long you want, it's great, man. When you read for le leisure, it's awesome. And it doesn't matter if it's fiction or nonfiction. Uh, if, it, if it's something that interests you or if it's something new, it's, it's fantastic. But, but to Kanye's credit here, and I know, take this with a grain of salt here. Think back to some of the books you had to read in high school or college. Yeah, okay. There, there are some things you go back and you think back on some of the books you had to read. 
if you wanted to pass the damn class and you just absolutely hated that book and it kind of tainted your worldview for a bit on reading and it happened to a good chunk of kids in public school let me tell you now not every book that we were assigned to read was garbage uh, case in point to kill a mockingbird harper lee still a great book and i think that's a fantastic book for kids to read but um when uh, when you're tasked with reading Ernest Hemingway, that can be brutal. I know a lot of people that were made to read in high school Old Man the Sea and they didn't like it. Now, I read Old Man the Sea on my own when I was, you know, in my 20s. And, you know, it's a short book by Hemingway. It's actually pretty good. I actually like it. But that's about it. Anything else by him can't be bothered because I was... Uh, I was forced to read Farewell to Arms back in high school. What a depressing piece of shit that was. Oh, they they fell in love. You know, they laughed. They made love. They ate cheese. They drank wine. War is pointless. His friend died. She died giving birth. The baby died. He didn't care. The end. Yeah, I just saved you... Uh, the trouble of shifting through about three, four hundred pages there. If you've never read that, you can actually base a book report off of what I just told you. If you happen to be uh, someone in high school that has to read that book for English class, you know if they uh, they still teach books. But Kanye's not totally wrong. He's just kind of wrong on this. And uh, if any of his handlers or his uh, inner circle just happen to stumble upon this podcast. Just ask Kanye what his favorite subjects are, you know, aside from himself, and just, you know, get books based off of that. See what happens. Who knows? All right. Uh, Brendan Fraser. Everybody loves a good comeback story, and I guess with the whale, he's getting some love. And he's getting some blowback because, okay, it's, it's kind of a controversial movie. Um, basically, his character, from what I read in the synopsis here, he was a guy who was married had a, a kid or two, and then uh, he left his family for you know, his gay lover. And then uh, years later, his gay lover dies, and then Brendan Fraser's character decides to binge eat and balloons up to 600 pounds. So he's wearing prosthetics and everything, and I guess the gist of the film is that he's trying to reconnect with his estranged daughter. And uh, for the most part, like the, the critical reception for this thing has been, you know, lights out fantastic for Brendan Fraser. People are just applauding it. But there has been controversy about it because, uh, you know, he's putting on the fat suit. And some people have a problem with, you know, somebody pretending to be fat, like Gwyneth Paltrow, Shallow How. And, you know, she's apologized for that, even though she's never really apologized for making candles smell like her for JJ. Um... But uh, I guess the the recent, um, this one is not so much a controversy, but uh, Daniel uh, Franzizi, and if I'm mispronouncing your name, dude, sorry, I mispronounce a whole lot of people's names. Uh, he was the uh, the gay fat guy in Mean Girls. Yeah, I guess he was the guy that was too gay to function or something like that. Um, you know, somebody was asking him recently what he thought about Brendan Fraser, who's uh, straight and married and playing this character. Uh, what he thought about it and he says well I'm conflicted because it does seem nice that he was up and was humble and gracious about the uh, the uh, the applause that he's gotten for this work but he goes you know if you really want to have a big fat gay guy why not have a big fat gay guy play the big fat gay guy that's basically what he was saying in this uh, this interview 
And this got me kind of rolling my eyes a little bit here. Um, because, uh, you know, you just can't play characters that are you. You know, that, that defeats the whole purpose of acting. And uh, it, 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 I think we've developed this thing in pop culture where we expect every actor to be basically Tony Danza. Let me explain. Tony Danza has had roles where he has coincidentally played a guy named Tony, who's Italian and uh, hyperactive and all that. Like, you know, I think it was Taxi, didn't he play Tony? And then Who's the Boss, he played Tony? And you get kind of the idea. Uh, so now the expectation is, well, if you're Brendan Fraser and uh, you put on some weight, sorry, uh, you, you can only be that weight in this role. You can only be Canadian and you can only play a dude named Brendan. That's it. That's that's all you can do. We, I mean, we can't start second-guessing roles and if somebody's right for the role just because they have to pretend to be that role. Now, going back to what uh, Daniel Franzese said about uh, him initially saying, hey, you know, he felt good about him making this comeback role, stick with that. Just stick with that. Um, because... <sighs> That just it, it proves that Brendan Fraser did what he needed to do for the role. You know, if somebody is right for the role, even if they don't seem right for the role, then things are going to work out. If they're not, you make fun out of them. Let me go back to something I love, uh, Batman. Uh, I remember uh, Batman 89, and a lot of people were like, well, Michael Keaton's just wrong for Batman because... Uh, Batman's taller, and Michael Keaton is Mr. Mom, Michael Keaton is Beetlejuice, and then the movie came out, and everybody's like, whoa, Jesus, Michael Keaton knocked that out of the park. He was not who you were thinking of to play the Dark Knight. Whereas George Clooney, you know, a little taller, a little better looking, hey, I'm George Clooney, is absolutely the worst Batman ever, because basically he played George Clooney playing Batman at a Halloween costume in Hollywood. He was half-ass in it. You know, you you got to give credit to an actor's talents, and if Brandon Fraser did it, he did it. Good on him. And uh, by the way, you know, the the whale, like I described, was uh, directed by uh, Darren Arnofsky, a uh, guy behind such movies as Black Swan, Requiem for a Dream, and The Wrestler. So you know, this one's going to be a little heavy, a little dark. Uh, probably not something to bring the kids to. But uh, kudos to Brandon Fraser, and hopefully. Uh, People remember just how uh, cool he was on screen. All right, uh, going to the smaller screen, screen here, and I'm kind of conflicted about this right now. Um, uh, Jeffrey Dahmer, Ryan Murphy. Uh, by the way, he's a, a Warren Central alum, as is I. Uh, you know, he's from R&D, and he's had success, I think, with Glee, and of course, uh, the uh, the American Horror Stories on FX. And now he's doing stuff for Netflix, and uh, Jeffrey Dahmer, the new ten. 10-part miniseries. That's a lot of episodes, but uh, he's got, uh, you know, he's got uh, Jeffrey Dahmer right there on uh, screen to just horrify the living crap out of us. And uh, people are saying how gruesome the show is and uh, how it's hard to sit through. And, uh, of course, it is because, basically, uh, this is... This is, uh, for lack of a better term, the gay community's uh, Jeff, uh, boogeyman. This actually happened. 17 men uh, were killed by Jeffrey Dahmer. 
very very scary stuff um but you know a lot of the victims families have kind of come out against this uh, show you know they weren't consulted and to be fair it's kind of hard to consult everybody on everything for one event but i mean it's got to be very traumatic i mean i remember as a kid uh seeing on the news the the one woman her, one of her i guess her brother was killed by Dahmer, and she just screamed at jeffrey Dahmer, i hate you jeffrey Dahmer, tears out of her eyes and it just it's it's hard to sit through and uh, i can't imagine sitting through that tv show but families are a little upset about this in fact uh, the gay community uh upset about this because uh netflix i guess had this labeled with the the lgb dot 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 all the letters involved with that acronym um but uh they were like no you gotta take this off even though it does involve their community i'm not saying that uh this is a positive for their community, but it does involve their community, and yeah, they uh, they want to distance themselves from this. Um, and then musicians are coming under fire for this. I guess like, uh, uh, what's uh, what's her face? Uh, uh, the one, the girl behind the TikTok song, Keisha, Kesha, whatever. Uh, and Katy Perry had uh, Dahmer references in some of the songs. Eminem, according to Cosmopolitan. Uh, I guess uh, he has had three different raps where uh, where Jeffrey Dahmer is a reference to a bit. And I'm just thinking, oh, finally, they found the controversial uh, lyrics in the Eminem rap. Jesus. But it's it's the, uh, the talk du jour, and uh, it gave Netflix some big numbers. So I guess congrats to Netflix on this, but I, I can't bring myself to watch something like that. Uh, especially when I know how bad that's going to be. Um, I, I know some people, some friends that have sat and watched it and they like it, but I want to sit this one out, I think, just for the sake of my sanity there. Um, besides, I just started up reading The Shining by Stephen King, and uh, I, I've read the first three chapters last night, and like the ghosts haven't appeared yet because, you know, just the first three chapters, but it was enough some of the tension in this book for me to just go upstairs and check on the kids pretty much want to start up that book again uh once i get done with this particular podcast all right moving on to something that's scary for all the wrong reasons uh this is an article from vice and uh vice is kind of a weird magazine but uh you know it's even weirder is tiktok which uh, i have called basically youtube for morons and uh there is a new trend imagine that that could be deadly for you imagine that and that is sunning your butthole yeah apparently people are going out into their backyards getting on their yoga mats doing all sorts of weird poses pulling their pants down or up or whatever and just you know putting their butt up in the air cheek spread yeah get some sun down there and they claim that uh, it gives them a boost of energy that's better than a cup of coffee and uh, you know they just feel good and everything but there is a doctor that's saying you know uh, maybe you shouldn't be doing that just because it's not meant to see the sun that's why they call it uh, where the sun don't shine and uh, because the tissue and everything is so sensitive down there 
uh, yeah, you could get sunburned and you could be at risk for cancer, but people are doing this. And again, it's another freaking TikTok trend that uh, is apparently thinning the herd for us. Uh, not sure why anybody would go out and do this, but they are. And you know what? I'd, I'd rather have the cup of coffee because A, neighbors aren't going to be like, he was out in his backyard again drinking a cup of coffee. And you don't have to explain yourself to a cop when you're, you know, holding a cup of coffee. Yeah, I'm in my house. I'm drinking a cup of coffee. But people are uh, getting their buttholes burned just because they saw it on TikTok. Great place, huh? Jesus. Yeah, you, you remember when Urban Dictionary or Craigslist, those were the problem websites? Yeah, I kind of miss those days, you know, three years ago. All right. I am about ready to wrap it up, but as I mentioned last episode, uh, because we are heading into the month of October, and I, I genuinely am interested in scary stuff, uh, I want to get your feedback about haunted places. Uh, I'll post something up on the Facebook page here, but uh, you know, every episode I want to wrap it up with just talking about a scary place in your particular area. Uh, like I said, I'm up here in northeast Indiana. Uh, so if you're in this way or you know, any other place in the Hoosier State, Ohio, or whatever part of the world you're in, feel free to talk about some of the haunted places you know of. And uh, maybe I'll get to talking about it here uh, at the end of each episode that I do in the month of October. Uh, but, you know, speaking of which, i got to find the time to get that one inflatable out. <laughs> And see how it uh, holds serve against our neighbor's zombie apocalypse display in the front yard they got going. Yeah, it, it won't. It won't because I, I don't have that much energy. And uh, with that, I am wrapping up this episode. So until next time, stay fresh. You've been listening to Mike Davidson Live. Be sure to check him out on social media. Like him at facebook.com backslash mdavidsonlives. Follow him on Twitter. Look for at Davidson Lives.